I lost my identity. I didn't recognize myself. But through battling my trauma and my pain, I was soon becoming the person I was meant to be. What up, people? Welcome to another episode of the Positive Self Storyteller Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan, and this is a platform I use to chop it up about all things mental health and mindset. Now, today, I'm joined by a very special guest. She's a beast in her industry. Uh, her name is Laura Wild, and she is a super mental performance coach working with top pro athletes. Hey, Laura, how are you? Hi, great to see you. Great to see great. you, Ryan. So glad I know. And to connect. <laughs> yeah, again, it's been a crazy kind of journey trying to get you on the show, and I'm really interested about your profession and working with pro athletes. Can you just give a little bit of an insight into what Super Mental Performance Coach actually does, uh, how you came about to get that position? Yes, so you know, most people call it Mental Performance Coach, but what I realized is because I do mind-body medicine and I'm working at the level of consciousness, not the level of the mind, that I had to describe it better. So the way I got there is I'm an ex-athlete, I'm an uh, ex-high school and ex-college coach, and I worked with a lot of pro athletes. And then some of those athletes told other athletes and coaches that they liked working with me. So it really was all about building my network and the training that I have that really backs up the work that I do. So the mind-body medicine is really important because if we don't clear our body of our old traumas, then our mind can't really be free anyway. So if you use supra mental performance training as opposed to just simple mental performance training, you can really go far and you can really unleash like, uh, you know, a special genius in that, but you know, yeah, of course. I, I totally understand what you're saying about if you can't deal with kind of your trauma, then you won't be able to move on body, mind, because of spirit and soul, I suppose as well. You know, uh, it yeah. was true to me is I had some past trauma and I've never be able to come become who I am now and the person I am now, if I didn't deal with that trauma in the past. Yeah. And so it's really vital. I mean, that's, that's where I'm finding the most leaps and bounds with athletes is saying, hey, look at this. Like, what are you holding on to? And did you know that you were holding on to it? You know, you think like the self-awareness is key. Like, no. oh, I realize I have crap, right? Yeah, of course. Self-reflection is massive. And as I'm developing into a, an older person, you know, uh, you know, positive growth mindset, I'm thinking to myself, I'm always kind of checking myself. I don't know if you do the same kind of thing. I'm always like double take in and be like, did I say the right thing? Or am I doing the right actions? I just don't think yeah. that comes with time and experience, right? It does. Yeah. It, take, it takes time to realize, to think about what we're thinking about, you know? <laughs> yeah. Think about, yeah, I know. And sometimes thinking about what we're thinking about is so difficult to do. I'm a culprit for it. Sometimes I used to worry about thinking about the thought of thinking about the thought. I don't know if that makes any sense to you, but yeah, to me, it makes perfect sense. That's how I talk. I'm thinking about the. I'm thinking about if I'm thinking about what I'm thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know it sounds a bit crazy to some people, but it makes perfect right. sense too. We're not crazy. We, no, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> really not. We hope not. Anyway, so you talk a little bit about um, you were an athlete and a coach as well. In what kind of industry and what sport was that in? Yeah, I was a college basketball coach in the NCAA, and I also, co- actually, it's funny, I also coached golf, because the, co- the athletic director said, you can coach golf, you don't need to do anything, just get their minds ready. <laughs> so <laughs> the golf coach quit, and they didn't want to pay a full-on salary, so my job was to drive around the golf cart and, like, not get in the way, and I didn't know the rules, so my job was to pump them up, but I also have coached, you know, other levels of basketball, and I ran track and played basketball, so I love, you know, basketball and track are my main niches. And then I've done a lot of work with football and pro baseball players as well. 
Oh, that's fantastic. I'm a big sports kind of fan nut myself. And like we've kind of chopped it up just over messages a little bit before about basketball. You know, you played and coached. I've played for the last 25 years and I kind of live it and breathe it and I love it. So to get you on and I know I'm not making this a basketball podcast. I can't because I could talk to you for hours. <laughs> I will ask you some questions. <laughs> but yeah, we're gonna, but this is fantastic. And to run track as well. I never really run track, but I'm a big into... Uh, running and now you know kind of do every kind of couple of days kind of get my mind right because I can't exercise for me is really big for my mental health yeah don't exercise running is yeah well I found running running mindset matters more in running I I feel running in golf you know you're out there in the middle of nowhere sometimes if you're not a sprinter like if you run short races it's over before you can think so it's all about the pre-game the pre-run, but like I ran a quarter mile on the relays. And so I'd get seriously psyched up and ready to take the baton. But I was like the third or the fourth person in the relay. So I had a lot of time to stress out, you know? So when I was younger, I had to figure out how to, how to not stress out, how to get my brain ready, my mind ready to, to crush it. And do you, I take it now, do you use some of what you developed yourself and then apply that to these pro athletes life? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I read, you know, everyone knows this because I've said it a million times. I read The Power of Positive Thinking when I was in high school as a junior. And that book was really instrumental to me. It showed me I could actually place things in my mind and then they would show up in my life and I could be better with my thoughts, which is great for me because I didn't have access to a lot of places to play basketball. I didn't have any private coaches. And then there's another book called Psycho-Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz. And he says that, you know, he wrote this book in 1960 and he talks about the self-image at a time when no one talked about the self-image and no one was talking about, thinking about what you're thinking about in the mainstream media. So those types of things are what I've used to build, plus my training in holistic health, to build what I also share with athletes, trainers, coaches, et cetera, to make it really unique, you know? It's gotta be different, or I wanna do something different in this world with my time. That's what my aim has been. What a stamp, it's supposed to be the legacy as well, and make your own mark in this world as well. Which I think that's one of my goals is one of my goals is I L squared for I leave a legacy. And it's, you know, I want to have, and it's not about me making a name for myself, but I want to imprint something different or uplifting or special so that when I leave, it's still there. Otherwise I feel like I might've wasted my time. So I try to, you know, write books and leave journals and write blogs so that someone maybe will catch on to something I said and take it even further. Right. So I'm just here as a step and someone else can step on me to get to the next step, the next level. So I love to share and help others like be uplifted and learn new stuff too. And that's a beautiful sentiment as well. When you talk about your books, you, you, are you right? Am I right in thinking you're writing your fourth book? Yes. I, the first thing I wrote was like a booklet for high school athletes because no one knew how to get recruited. So I'm working on one, the, something like this, you know, like see what you think. The, the meta athlete, the 12 gems of mental performance so you can get in the zone. Something oh, like that. <laughs> cool. So, yeah, you talk about the zone, actually, um, yeah. on your websites and through some of the classes that you devised and are running. What is the zone in your, in your words? I believe that from the place, from the times that I've been in the zone, I believe the zone is a place where we are a pure presence. We're just completely there without our personality, without our beliefs, without our doubts and self-sabotage, et cetera. We're also in a place that goes beyond time and space. So it really is when the brain, it's actually a scientific place. Like the zone is the scientific name for the flow state. 
So and usually it's funny, I'm usually on the woo-woo side and here I'm on the science side, like it's the science, it's the zone. It's the alpha, <laughs> the alpha state of mind. So our mind goes from awakened, like beta, which is the beta state of our mind. When we're awake, we can even be stressed out in beta. When we slow our brain waves down just a little bit through some training, we go into the alpha state. And if we go even deeper, we're gonna be in a theta state, which is meditation. And beyond that, we're just sleeping. So the zone is, you're not super wide awake because you kind of surrender a little bit. And when you surrender and you're in the zone, you actually are better than you were in practice because you're now bringing in the collective unconscious. You're now tapping in to the skills of a Kobe or a Michael Jordan or uh, a Pete Sampras, et cetera. I don't want it to stay basketball, but you can actually access the collective unconscious, which makes you far more powerful, far more talented than you ever were in practice because the greatest part of you is already within you. And when you can really tap in at a very deep level and you get in the zone, you're going to shock the world with the way you play because you'll be different. You'll love it. You'll be in the joy. You'll be in the bliss. The fans love it. I mean, you know, like, do you, how do you think of the zone? Is that? Yeah, that, yeah, most definitely. Now you, you speak really powerful and when people, when you talk, I got to listen. And I think when people hear, they need to listen to get in the zone yeah, I always, you know, I, well, me and my friends, you know, we talk about it, you know, in the zone or whatever you, and I've always mentioned that flow state. I think I watched um, a Joe Rogan podcast a few years ago, and there was a guy talking about a flow state where you're kind of at that kind of peak level where you're just tipping that, you know, max yeah. performance to get into that. Yeah, then you're going to be, again, don't hate the basketball, but you're going to be that Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant kind of, you know, to be at that level. Well, you know. <laughs> Well, Stephen Kohler wrote the book. I, I forgot the name of the book, Stealing Fire. Anyway, there's a, he talked about the flow state. And I think they talk about Navy SEALs and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And so my son had read that book first. And he said, Mom, he was you know, a teenager. Mom, you got to look at this book. They're bringing up the flow state again in the zone. Because there was a book written in 1960 by Michael Murphy called The Psychic Side of Sports. And do you think that book went to the mainstream athletes? No. The psychic side of sports. So he rewrote it and he called it In the Zone and suddenly people loved it. So that's I think crazy. Call it, right? That's why I wrote a book called The Cosmic Athlete. And then I'm yeah. like, you know, I don't think people like that name. <laughs> the, what's that? The Cosmic Athlete. They're curious, but they don't care that much. So I'm like, let me talk about mental performance and how to get there. I think people want to hear the practical steps. And it, the, really the book matters. The book cover matters. The name matters. Yeah. And the word In the Zone, you know, gets people to start paying attention, especially nowadays. I mean, don't you see it on every headline? <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know, the, the, some of the things, you know, that I've kind of read up about you and things that you've done and things that you're doing, you seem to be a bit of a beast in this industry, right? Like, uh, I, I've been called a beast. I've been called a unicorn. I've been called a, I've had people say, you're like a thought leader here. So I accept those. And I also know that that doesn't mean I can rest. I always feel like I need to keep going so I can keep leading. And I like to look at the other greats. I like to study the history around it. I think anyone who's going to be great at what they do and their craft must study the history to know what's been done. Because a lot of the things I say regarding the zone have been said. So the only place I can really be different and have a, a real true impact in for athletes, for humans, for beings, for all people, is if I bring in the mental performance with the mind body medicine healing and bring in epigenetics and we go in that direction plus bring the zone along with it right and really program people to get in the zone on command so teaching the zone and doing one-on-one -on -one healing sessions for athletes is the way i'm actually letting this work show up in real life you know it's one thing to go on a podcast and talk but then okay write that book 
and then work with that client and take yeah. teach that class about the zone. So I love to do the teaching of the zone class. The just zone put in, yeah, just put into practice, Steph, most definitely. There's two things that kind of ring true what you said to me about the history of things. I'm, a, I'm also a big believer, like to know where you go in, you got to remember where you come from. Yeah. When I teach, it's a totally kind of, you know, different subject or whatever. When I teach at university level, I always tell them, you need to look about where it came from to know where it's going. You've got to understand the fundamentals and who kind of brought it to the forefront, the forefathers, you know, the, the yeah. trendsetters, the leaders in what you're doing to really understand the nature of it moving forward. Right. It's about paying respect. Yes. Like, pay your respect to the field if you're going to be there. There was a guy the other day, the other week, the other month maybe, who didn't know who George Mumford is. And George Mumford wrote the book Mindfulness. And George Mumford was the guy who was brought in to work with the Chicago Bulls. So if you're working with NBA athletes in mental performance, and you're working with NBA executives in mental performance, and you don't know who George Mumford is, you need to bow down. Because to me, I, I, it just kind of hit me a weird way. It was like, how can you claim to be an expert in the field if you haven't heard of the Godfather? Like, yeah. give the respect yes. to the older black man who richly allowed the Chicago Bulls to open up their hearts and be champions, world champions, you know? He's not just some guy who was a side, he was actually an instrumental part, and Phil Jackson gives so much credit to George Mumford for this work he did, so we gotta know who those kind of people are if we're in the NBA, you know, it just ha it has to happen. You've got to, I suppose it's in anything you do, right? Like, yeah. I, I refer to, to, um, to animation, because I teach, and I think to myself, you know, you gotta know who the, the, the nine old men are from the original Disney. Like, if you don't know yeah. who they are moving forward, or at least have an understanding of what they did, then you'll never really pay, pay respect, you know what I mean? Give attention yeah. to where it's at. Something else you talked about was moving forward as well. You talk about where you are in your life, and a lot of people don't have that mindset to now go keep going. Like, they'll reach where they want to reach or their goal, and then that's it for them. But a lot of us who have that kind of growth mindset or that willing to want to have more, and it reminds me of a quick, um, you know, E.T., the hip-hop preacher, yeah, yeah, Eric yeah, Thomas. Yeah, yeah Eric Thomas. Yeah, he he uh, he told a story. I think about someone in the NFL where it's like an advert back in the day, and he's pun he's lifting weight, he's lifting weight, and he just got the Super Bowl, and then he lifted it, and he said, "Yeah, now I'll move on, so on to the next one." So even though he reached the goal of the most, probably the biggest kind of goal the NFL stars have is to get the Super Bowl and win that ring, it's what's next. Well, he wanted to get the next one and the next one, and wow. it's that mindset that people only the greatest, you know, get that mindset and. Uh, it's, it's really fascinating to me, you know, how they yeah, it's so true. yeah, I do feel that the, for me, I get bored so easily that I never have to think about the next thing. I literally, I'll have a goal and I reach it and I'm bored. One day <laughs> I actually was, I, I don't know what the word is. I was like melancholy. It's like, I really wanted to go to get into the NBA. It was this lifelong goal. Literally at age 16, I was like, I'm going to be the first woman in the NBA. I wanted to play in the NBA. We didn't have pro sports for women when I was um, in high school. Mm -hmm. So then I finally make it to the NBA and here I am looking around like, oh my God, what's next? Like this, like I'm not bored with the NBA. However, why did I set my sight a little higher? So then I get to reevaluate, set a new goal. But I want to say something to go back for a second about learning the history of the sport or whatever it is. You know, my son's a professional ballet dancer in Russia. Wow. It was interesting is that he started studying Nureyev and Mikhail Baryshnikov. And he actually ended up in the same dressing room in Russia as Mikhail Baryshnikov and getting ready for performance in St. Petersburg, Russia. He studied the grades and then he knew about the best school in the world, which is in Russia. And then he ended up going to that school, but had he not studied the grades, he, he wouldn't be able to communicate. He studied the classical music, he studied the old ballets. And that 
really gave him the ability to do these roles that he'd already seen. And so many of these young guys that I see don't know players from the 80s. They don't know the 80s style NBA. I'm like, y'all are so different. Like, those guys were fighting, fist fighting on the court. That, that's not a foul in 1980, but it's a oh, foul yeah. now. So I love when they learn the history. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we could, we, could talk, we could talk about baby fouls in the NBA. We can have a little chat yeah. about it later on. It's a lot um, different now, isn't it? <laughs> Massively, massively. No, you do, you do make a, a really good point about, again, it's about that mindset, about wanting it that bad that you will do pretty much anything to get to the highest level. And, you know, like your son and like many other people who want this great journey on this great chapter of their life, they will do whatever it takes to get to wherever they need to be. Oh, yeah, I absolutely will. Like, I wake up hungry for, for something or something new. I mean, I'm on Amazon or at the bookstore, like figuring out, I literally probably own every book that's ever been written on mindset because there's some sort of, I think this happens if someone's, you know, in a state of desiring to be great or the greatest of the goat. I have to see what everyone else said and wrote to make sure I'm not repeating it and to make sure I'm going further. Cause I don't want to be out here talking to you about something that someone else wrote in a book three years ago. Like that would embarrass me. So I make sure I know what has already been said so that when I say it, I at least understand it's been said so I can kind of springboard off of that and be thinking, what's next? What's next? Because, you know, Roger Bannister broke the morphogenetic field. He did the sub four, four minute mile. We're all capable of creating a morphogenetic field. We're all capable of something really great in our lives and going to a place that no one's been in the field we're in. So, you know, why wouldn't every human recognize that we have this possibility? Like we have greatness in us. We have a divine spark. Let's tap into it. If you don't know what it is, ask a question. What is the divine spark I'm here to shine with? You know, what is the morphogenetic field that I could break? And that's, they say, they say that's how Benjamin Franklin invented electricity. He said, what could I bring to the world that would help get rid of kerosene lamps and light the whole world? Well, like, that's a good question. Like, I want to ask that question, you know, and I did. I said, what could I create for athletes that would actually help them be healthier mind and body? And then within about six months, I suddenly had this quantum sports medicine and quantum player development idea and started developing those. I asked a big question. It's like, dear universe, show me the way because I was ready and it showed up, you know? So I don't know if that That's a great way to think. And you, when I have guests on my show, it really kind of hopefully inspires people who can resonate, you know, the listeners can do it. But it's also really beneficial for me as well in a kind of a selfish way because I'm learning from like these really kind of leaders in their field and, you know, people who know what they're talking about on a higher level. And just to ask that simple question, when I look at my life and I look at what I want to give back to the world, leave a legacy, help people in this, you know, in my kind of field, really good question. Like, what is it that I need to really look at and, you know, really focus on? I know there's a, they talk about a niche, but a niche within the niche. Do you know what I mean? Like a little bit yeah, more specific. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But, and ask that question really big, like, who or what must I become in order to create something new for the world? Because you, yeah, you and I can't create what we're meant to create if we stay the same person. We have to change who we are, but not like an outside change. We're not going to try to go get new things. We're just really surrendering to what's already inside of us. So that's the thing for me. It's like, I know the same person I am with like a stack of papers I haven't sorted, can't create the next best system. So I have that in mind as I go about my day. The person who does this big thing doesn't have that. So I clear that up. Or I eat this food because a person who's going to, you know, guide athletes doesn't eat potato chips at two in the morning that often. I mean, maybe she does sometimes, but not all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stay off all that stuff. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, yeah live, right. that, 
but healthy is healthy things in i do healthy things out but yeah i do yeah. Snack, like, cakes and chocolates all the time no. <laughs> but it is in america we're eating chocolate easter bunnies right now so that you have to give me that all right well, that's fine. Yeah, we yeah I bought, I bought and bought some Easter eggs the other day for me and my family, and I'm thinking, yeah. oh, I got a few weeks of Easter, and I want chocolate yeah. now. Shall I just dip into the egg? <laughs> you know, Maybe. You know. <laughs> so, um, getting back to what you, your job role and what is you do, you know, in that kind of that really dominant pro athlete mindset. When athletes are stuck in a rut, so let's take let's, let's take basketball for example. And you, all you're doing is just, you know, you're shooting bricks, shooting bricks and bricks. What is it you say to them to help them get out of that shooting slump out of that rut? Like what, what steps could you, can you yeah. take or they can take that okay. you can help them with? Yeah. So a couple steps. The first thing I ask them is what goes through your mind the second you miss a shot? And how fast do you forget that you missed? So, you know, having a short memory is really helpful once you get to the pro level. For younger kids, they kind of need to be thinking about their game more. They need to actually be more aware of their mechanics. So it's easier for a pro athlete, right? I notice it's actually easier for me to coach pros than 13-year-olds. Crazy enough, right? So the other thing is, you know, why are you here? Like, are you here for the money? Are you here because you love the basketball? So I say, do you love the basketball? What do you mean? Do you love the basketball? You love it. Like, I kiss the basketball on my clubhouse picture because that's a reminder. You have to love the basketball because everything is energy. So I actually have them create a quantum connection between them, the ball, and the hoop. So I say, are you in alignment with the hoop? Are you in alignment with the ball? Or are you just out here with this inanimate object and that hoop up there that's random? Or can you draw the connection? Does the hoop, have you, has the hoop given you permission to shoot the ball? Like everything in life is about permission. I want to be gently walking in the world like, and have permission to speak or to connect or to shoot the basketball that'll go in. And then I have them ask a big, huge question. What is the nature of being an all-star? Or what is the nature of making 10 out of 10 shots this next game? And so I've had players make quick turnarounds, 24 hours, 48 hours. You know, it's, it's so fun to watch it in the press. You know, they'll make a three second shot at the buzzer after a session. And I'm not here for the credit, but I'm here to watch them get all the glory. And I love that because it happens all the time. It's happening underground. It's not being talked about why or how, which is fine. People aren't going to share me, right? Why would they share me? That's I'm their, they're out. I'm the, they are in competition with their other teammates and players in the league. And so the word's not going to be gotten out by the players. People say, oh, can a player make a video for you as a testimonial? I say, nope, not asking. And they're not going to start that. Yeah. They know that there's a limited amount of time I can spend with each person. And so it's just interesting to me how there is a chance for an athlete to have a really quick turnaround when they just recognize how to get out of their own way. Cause they're always in their own way. I ask that, where are you in your own way? Where is your body feeling? Like if you are an athlete and you can actually close your eyes and imagine missing the shot or missing the goal, notice that your body has a feeling like there's mm -hmm. something in your body that goes, ah, it goes tight. And then you actually kind of find out what that is. Is it fear? Is it sadness? Is it worry? Is it anger or grief? So just use the acronym F swag. Fear, sadness, worry, anger, and grief. Every miss is about an emotion in general. And really, I mean, you can say, oh, I didn't have my elbow straight. I don't care. It wasn't straight because of what? Because of something else that was showed up with you at the game. You brought your sadness to the game from when you were five and your dad wouldn't play basketball with you. Whatever it is, we're constantly reconnecting with our emotions because our subconscious mind you know, doesn't forget anything. So it's good to clear away and have some understanding of our emotions and our thoughts 
like think about what you're thinking about so you can choose which ones to keep thinking about because you know it's good to have new thoughts most of us don't have any new thoughts during the day every day is the same twenty thousand thoughts i try to have at least five new thoughts every day that's why i read <laughs> i mean that's probably that's a lot right five new yeah. thoughts a day yeah and so pretty soon in about a year i'm a whole new person and our like your physical body my physical body is what we thought about and what we did you know last year so what you want to do tomorrow and next year, you better start right now because whatever you're thinking, you're going to create how you look, how your face looks, how you smile, how your muscles are. Everything is created by the container, what we're pouring into the container, what we're consuming, food, what we're consuming in our environment, thoughts, TV, people, everything. Like all that stuff that we consume is an energetic connection. Everything's connected to everything. So we got to yeah. recognize that. It's, it's, all, it's all consuming. You, you're definitely, definitely right like everything we do has a knock-on effect in everything we do yeah absolutely the it, has to be, right? it has to be yes, you know it it's is. all it's all linked the body's mind mind's body you know and yeah i totally i totally agree with everything and this is really good to hear because i'm going to plug some of this in to my students because they're always scared of failing they're always afraid of failing what if i fail what if i don't know how to do this and i'm like you know i you know I pick yeah, up they, what i got to say yeah they can't think that way. They have to really ask themselves a question. What is the nature of making an A plus in this class? Because it's not their job to answer the question. Don't expect the answer the very second, but then notice that something shows up in your environment and your vision, or your, you might hear something that helps you get there. So if you're asking why me, or what if, what if I fail instead of what if I'm amazing, then you're asking the wrong question because your subconscious mind will start to get into that old junk. Uh, what if I fail? Or you know, why me? Instead of let your subconscious mind look at all the possibilities and everything that's happened, everything you've ever heard or seen, and bring that together to create success. So your subconscious mind remembers everything. So why do you want to remind it about all the failures when you could remind it about all the possible successes and imprint on your subconscious mind so that being an A plus student is a memory from the future that you create today instead of going back to your old past? Like, you know, we've got to really recognize how powerful the subconscious mind is. We have the opportunity to imprint upon it all the time, and we can get the groove so strong to success that it's memory, memory, memory. Oh, yeah, when I made an A in the test last week, which really hasn't happened. But let yourself create that by saying it over and over again. Even they should say, I'm an A student. I'm an A student. Because just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not true. So oh. you say it first and create it, you know? massively yeah oh there's so much i want to talk to you about it's crazy but i know we're kind of time sensitive and i know we've got other questions i want to ask you some kind of things about leading into your job thank you for all that as well super inspiring and i'm this is this is fantastic thank you ever so much just i know just quickly i know what i just want to quickly touch on it what about your own experiences because some of the, your history must have shaped your kind of path now and I, I'm not going to, you know, I don't want to go too deep into it, but, you know, um, have you always wanted to help people and get them to the next level? Yeah, I would say, you know, when I was in college or high school, even, I was always telling my friends, hey, I read this book, The Power of Positive Thinking. Hey, you guys, quit talking, put your headphones on and get, get ready to play. I don't know if I ever called it the zone, uh, but I would say, you know, get focused, get focused. So I would close my eyes and listen to music. And then in college, I was constantly in the ears of my teammates. When I transferred out of it, I took a junior college route. I had an opportunity to sit, to be a freshman and sit out a year and then get a scholarship at a big major university. What did I do? I was too young and dumb to know better. I, I wanted a scholarship and I wanted it now. So I went to a junior college, 
when I transferred out of that junior college, I took two athletes with me who both also got scholarships because I was just determined that people around me would succeed. I've always, everyone around me, you know, if they don't succeed, that's my fault. You know, there's a book called Extreme Ownership. If our team doesn't win a world championship, that's my fault because when I, I didn't say something when I should have, I didn't send the right report, I didn't prove, convince, or own the work I do enough, right? So I was always like that. My mom's like that. She's been a counselor. She used to volunteer in you know, the poorest suburbs of Detroit and for pretty much no money. My stepdad made the money so she could go volunteer and work with single parents who were struggling, who didn't even have enough money for food and she would help them change their lives. So she was a great example of that because she was you know, doing that counseling work while I was starting my career. So I got to see that. Yeah. When our parents show us stuff like that, you know? Massively. And again, again that gets embedded into us as well. You know, I've got a four-year-old daughter and I'm always really conscious about things I do, things I say. It's going to imprint, you know, oh, yeah. at a young age. imprint it every day, yeah. Well, um, it's funny because my son started a nonprofit. So I'm like, he started a nonprofit to help young dancers of color who can't afford scholarships because he and I worked really hard to make sure he could be a ballet dancer and it was expensive. He never got private lessons. He didn't, we didn't always have the money to buy the new shoes he needed. So the first thing he does in his mid-20s is starts a nonprofit with a friend or two to help these athletes, uh, dance athletes. So I, when I saw him do that, I thought, oh, maybe I'm, you know, maybe he, something did rub off. You know, he's, he's absorbing, you know, giving back. And to me, life is really has to be about being of service, whether we have a little money or a lot of money. That's why mindset's so important because I have to be a powerful, strong person who supports myself before I can give from my overflow. I, yeah. If I'm depleted, I can't give, right? So you know that, like your strength is how you give to your students, you know? Yeah, I say to my, I say to my wife, how can you, you must, there's, a, there's an image online, you might have seen it, there's like a, two, two people with battery packs on, and one battery pack is almost empty on red, and that person's given a battery cell to someone who's almost full, and I always say it, how can you give 100% to someone if you're not 100% of yourself? You've got to yeah. get to a certain level, like you say, before you can overspill and give the best of you, otherwise you're not giving the best of you, so what yeah. are you giving? Why would you want to give nothing but the best of you? Right, exactly. I mean, I think self, like to, the way to get there is really self-development. And the fastest way there is reading a book. People say, oh, I can't afford to do, what? Read a book. You don't have to pay for a seminar. I pay for very few self-development seminars until the last past 10 years, you know? And so it's not required to take seminars to be great. And there's some people out there giving seminars away dirt cheap just to get you in a seat. So make the time because self-development is really the key to the whole world changing. People say, I want to change the world. Okay, start here. <laughs> this is where changing the world starts. Always here. Right? Always, <laughs> always on yourself first. It's something I've learned. You've got to start. Yeah. yeah, we can only change this, you know. Yeah, it's got to start at home, most definitely. What's, who are, what's the biggest challenge, player or coaches? Mm, coaches because they're older. <laughs> Stuck <laughs> in their ways. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, stuck in their ways. So when everything is so time sensitive in your industry, how do you manage that with your family and your personal life? I don't know that I manage it well. And the other thing is my son's in Russia. So I, it's funny, I realized I had this dream to be in the NBA until my son was grown up and had his own career, I would not have been able to manage it. So even though it seems like it took a while to get there, it's perfect. My son's in Russia. I literally could be on call 24 seven. It was just part of the job. Uh, managing the time is hard because we're on the road a lot, but what did I care, <laughs> you know? 
I just come home to an empty house, I believe, and I'd be more happy on the road, dude. I'm in like four seasons having great food. Like, oh, my family's here. Living the dream. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's hard to ask me that question because I had struggled so much as a single parent. I had zero time uh, management and my quality of life was low, but with the NBA, it changed and it got a lot better. Yeah, of course. Of course. So what is, so what's next for you? What's next for Laura? Well, I feel like the book is a good contribution and I'd like to do more like TV type stuff. Okay. And I'm looking for my next big team opportunity because I'm still out here for a world championship because the only reason I want the world championship is because I want people to understand that this type of work actually is not old school. Phil Jackson's not old school. He's just older, you know, and I, I'm really interested in that next team opportunity or individual athlete where we win a world championship. So that for me is how I'm sharing consciousness. And I also uh, have an, uh, a goal to teach a million people how to get in the zone in the next two years. Wow. A million. It scares me. But that, you know what? I believe a goal has to terrify us. I mean, if I had a goal of a hundred people to get in the zone, would I wake up excited and a little on my, you know, on my toes? No, I'd be like, Oh, I could do that. You got to so drive. Had, yeah. <laughs> I had to pick something outside of my comfort zone, outside my familiar zone. And even the number 1 million, I don't like, if I had to like count a million, I don't know how long it would take me. So I had to pick something that's really out there. And then guess what? The platform has started to show up. Oh, this shows up. That person calls me, that person messages me. So I'm seeing that me choosing the big goal. I'm asking the big question. What is the nature of teaching 1 million people to get into the zone? And then the answers show up. Yeah, because you were actually doing what you were living proof of what you were telling or advising your pro athletes to do and you're putting it into practice. You know, I think you said earlier on, you know, you've got to visualize or envision the future like that A plus. So now you're envisioning, oh, one million and things are coming to fruition. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly the way it works. Yeah. Yeah. So you are walking the pathway and you are giving them a blueprint of actually what to do. Yes. Blueprint's one of my favorite words, man. That's so awesome. Like the energy blueprint of a human being can be all kinds of places we can tap into the energy blueprint of our favorite athlete and then play a little more like they do, you know, or we can think a little more like Einstein. I always use Einstein and some of the great healers of the world to tap into their blueprint when I'm doing my work. Oh, that's cool. I always think I got an Iverson crossover, but I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> that never happens. Um, well, that's great. It's just, a, I'm going to ask you a couple of quick questions about, because I know you're a big kind of NBA fan and I'm just going to ask you some random things. So, okay. um, favorite player of all time? Uh, okay, let me rephrase the question. Right, Kobe, Kobe, Kobe. Kobe, okay, do me this then. Top five in each position. Oh, I'm not that, I don't, you know, my memory's bad. Oh, okay, D Brown at the guard, uh, Dominique Wilkins, Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe Bryant, and I'm probably going to add in Larry Bird. I love LeBron, but he's playing right now. I'm going back to history. So where, where's Jordan? He's not, I don't know. I met him when I was 19. I don't know. I, <laughs> did, you, did, you say you just met, did you meet Jordan when you were 19? Yeah, I did. I don't know. I mean, you're right. He, he asked me on a list of greatest of all time, but he doesn't come to mind. You know, the other guys come to mind. I think about more personality. So if you're not, if you're just going pure athlete basketball, if, I, if I'm not coaching them, Jordan's on that list, for sure. Oh, there you go. Okay. Um, what position did you play? I played point guard and small forward, just depending on the team, the year, the grade. And you, are you a better shooter or are you better in the paint? I'm a better shooter, yep. 
Okay, cool, nice. And are you are you liable to mention some of the teams that you're currently working with? Uh, am I what? Am I? Are you are you liable? I'm not liable. Are you? Can you mention some of the teams that you're working with? Currently? Oh, I cannot. I can, but I work with lots of different players, mostly in the NBA and then Major League Baseball, and then I have a little splattering of some NFL guys. Ah, cool. I was watching the and WNBA. I love my WNBA girls. I mean, if you look at my website, I got pictures of people. But I don't say their names, but yeah, pictures. yeah, I've seen. I've been all over it. Yeah, and like. <laughs> yeah it's crazy to think that you would rub shoulders with some of the people that i've been watching for you know so many years and like it's, just... it's crazy to me too honestly <laughs> but just like like you know once you get to meet the people you go oh like what i realize is we're all really the same we just have different amounts of income and different exposure so humans are just precious you know i just get to meet the ones we all have heard about more often than most yeah, people. definitely I was watching the uh 2016 dunk competition today actually 2016 and i'm uh, Gordon got robbed. He should have won. Anyway, but that's another story. That's, <laughs> he, that's did another. he did get robbed. He did. He yeah, I know. Bed. The one where he caught the windmill, and then on that guy on that Segway, just yeah, totally. I know, and he's one of the guys that my friend Graham Betchar has worked with. So Aaron Gordon is part of our um, part of our. You talk about him, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, wait, is that 2016? He's part of the uh, Train the Mind company, Train the Mind that I've been working with with youth athletes. So oh. Aaron is a very present and heart-centered athlete who knows how to meditate. He's, that's that guy. He's that guy. He's one of the avatars of a great athlete. Him and people like Darren Waller who plays for the Raiders. There are very few guys, but there are some, right, who have this, this centeredness. They're mm -hmm. grounded and they're just these beautiful examples of the human possibility when we mix athletics and the other side of it, the spiritual side, you know? I just love funny, that. I could imagine I could imagine any player in the NBA and I mentioned Gordon. It's funny how that oh, this works out. I know, isn't that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it was Rob. Okay, a couple of quick questions just to finish off and then we'll, uh, we'll tie up uh, a couple of things. So what's the one thing that people misunderstand about you? Uh, that I... I'm really sensitive and they also don't realize I'm just here to help people think that I'm a little, uh, oh, you think you know it all. No, no, I'm just trying to show you different. So they misunderstand that I'm trying to lead the way to something, a different possibility. And I'm not like saying everything I do is right. Mm. Open and expand a different avenue to walk down, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, I don't, you don't yeah. got to go down it. I'm just giving you an opportunity to choose it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, if you could have dinner with three people dead or alive, who would they be? Uh, Barack Obama. And Maya Angelou and uh, the, um, Oprah Winfrey. Do you know, I've done this a couple of times, this question. I always get either one of the Obamas and I definitely get Oprah Winfrey all the time. <laughs> <laughs> all the time. I, I, I've never met her and I've never met Barack Obama, but I feel like one day I will. <laughs> I okay. think Maya Angelou though, so. Okay, okay. <laughs> what is your, uh, what's your favorite dish or food? Uh, potato chips rippled potato chips organic from whole foods ah, okay cool <laughs> what uh, if you were shipwrecked on a desert island but all your human needs such as water and food were taken care of what two items would you have on you i would have uh my kindle and my cell phone <laughs> 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 have a cell phone <laughs> can you just can you just use your kindle as a cell phone <laughs> yeah, my Kindle's a cell phone, so I'd have a, maybe I'd have like a meditation pillow or my um my brain supplement so I can remember stuff. <laughs> <have> at home. <laughs> if you could have a um, if you could have a superpower, what would it be? To fly. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people say to fly. Uh, one question, uh, two more questions. 
In 150 years, scientists failed to save us, and all that's left is a book about your life. What's the title of that book? The Cosmic Coach. Ah, I knew you'd say something like that. <laughs> no surprise there. <laughs> and last question is... How about the Unicorn Coach? Okay. Oh, look at you. <laughs> Are you big into unicorns? Yeah, yeah, I love unicorns. They're mystical, they're magical, they're powerful, you know, they're unique, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my daughter's also into unicorns. <laughs> I know, I have a lot in common with four-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so do I, actually. I got a lot of co common with kids, because I'm a big kid at heart. Like, yeah, that's how life is, I think, meant to be. Let's be joyful, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. And can be curious like a kid, right? Like, yeah. all of ask these questions, why, 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 why? What? Yeah. Um, what makes you feel your best self, your most inspired self? What does, uh, if I, when I meditate, then I just feel like I can really be me and I can give to others and I can be present and I can offer the most. So my meditation practice is my most important thing. Okay, cool. And did I miss anything that you wanted to mention on tonight's show? Oh, I don't think so. I mean, I would think uh, what you mentioned about curiosity, I think is so valuable and important. And so being a, the curious athlete and the curious human is going to be the one who is who does something great you know you got to be a little curious and there's actually a whole book about curious or curiosity the yeah. guy says that kids in poor families are less curious because uh there's something about being in stress and trying to only focus on food takes away our curiosity so if you're a person who's grown up in poverty you've grown up without what you need to feel good in general the basic needs pick up a book and get started on being curious because it's really going to help you unleash your genius that's great that's yeah fantastic i'm reading a lot more actually personally myself I'm finding I'm getting through books a lot quicker and just picking up yeah. so much knowledge, like ridiculous yeah. amount of knowledge. My grandfather passed away two years ago and he had about 20,000 books in his house, like a proper Whoa. folder. Yeah, ridiculous. Some of the stuff he's got, we could wax lyrical about it, right? Where is the address? I'll be there tomorrow. Uh, it's crazy, right? Um, but he picked up a book about quotes and I'm reading all these like Latin quotes and, you know, just proverbs and all these things. And it's kind of really opening my gets me thinking thought provoking which i really like yeah. yeah it's so important to keep expanding our minds you know last question and this is for all my basketball players out there all my friends who will be listening to this uh, lebron or jordan lebron oh <laughs> i know people are like what i'm like look lebron while he's playing has become conscious and self-aware and he loves to give and share and do things for humanity while he's playing that's a big difference. And he's just a giver and he's about love. And he's, you know, Jordan does a lot of nice things now. Jordan's a beast. Like, honestly, he's a beast. If I was trying to win a championship, I'm not sure that I 100% would choose LeBron. But if I have to choose who I look at as my perfect avatar, it's definitely LeBron. And I've actually met LeBron. Like, I, never, I met Jordan, but I met LeBron, like, you know, in the game. I just see how he is before the game. Like, when I'm at Staples and the – in the hallway, I see how he is. Like I, the other day, I the other month, I guess, um, I went. This is the day before the COVID shutdown. Okay. So I'm in the NBA. I'm in the back hallway, and the Lakers are so nice. Like give me high fives. Everyone's like, "Hey, keep you know, everybody careful." And I came around the corner, and LeBron was running, and we went bam. We crashed into each other, and he was all sweaty, and he had his, his jersey on. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't mind. Oh, he's he's so big. I just I like face planted into a jersey, and I was. I could feel myself falling and he grabbed me. He's like, you're right? And he ran off. And I was like, that's, that's a reaction right there. So I feel like LeBron saved my life. So I got to choose him every time. <laughs> the 
Bronze saved my life. I think I'm going to leave it and end it on that one, actually. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Good night, people. Done. And LeBron's a unicorn. Like, he has that unicorn thing going, you know? Oh, he's sensational. He is just, as an, as an athlete, you know, I always, I always think about the next kind of level of player coming into the league. You know, there's, um, I start with Jordan, and then we get Kobe, and then we get LeBron, and I'm waiting for that next kind of level yeah. of player to come into the league to just really take over. Right. Mm-hmm. Who's it going to be? Like, it's really fun to watch and see. You know, <sighs> Zion, maybe. I don't know. I don't know yet. I know. I'm. I'm yeah. I don't know. I can't, I can't like John Morant. He's born out of his mind. You know. Yeah, John Morant's a. A very interesting one. He's got that incredible like talent, and he's like his dunks, like that guy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's incredible talent to play NBA. You know, it's uh, oh, that yeah. was my dream as a kid. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's never gonna happen. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Laura, thank you so much for being on tonight's episode. No, it's, it's thank you. It. No, it's been great. And for people to get to. Uh, know you a little bit more where can they find you oh yeah okay so uh, lauramwild.com wild has an e at the end so lauramwild.com or instagram laura mitchell wild and on instagram you can link to everything there you just go to my link in the bio and you know shoot me a direct message or a dm on instagram i'd love to answer if you have any questions let me know i got a lot of free ebooks so if you want to learn a little bit more about what i said you can get a free ebook and start there you don't have to buy stuff to learn and to grow I'm certainly yeah. loving to give things away. So Most definitely. Well, thank you again. And again, everything that Laura's mentioned tonight from her website to get in the zone to Instagram will all be in the episode description. Thank uh, you, Ryan. No, thank you so much, Laura, for being on tonight's show. And guys, if you want to know more about Positive Self Storyteller, as usual, you can find me on all the socials. Just type in Positive Self Storyteller. Also, if you want to be on the show, I'd love to have you on. Just email me at positiveselfstoryteller at gmail.com. Thanks again tonight to my guest. It's been an absolute pleasure. And to all of you listening, if you want a new chapter in your life, just turn the page. See ya.